welcome back to an African Conquering the World podcast. We've been on a, on a break for a few weeks. Plus, um, there's been a lot of other activities that have been taking time off, um, off our plate. So, uh, it's nice to be back. It's nice to have this medium again to have conversations with, with you all about um, pressing issues sometimes about um, our, our environment and a lot of times just about the observation that one, one has as he goes about his life trying to become an international, a, 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 an international architect of some repute. This is episode 24. Uh, this is episode 23 of uh, 54, pardon me. And um, today we're going to talk about a subject that we don't really like to engage in. It's a simple one-letter subject. It's called modernism. I was reading somewhere some days ago that um, what's called modern architecture is a response to architecture that uses contemporary technology to create new forms that can create an an effect in the locale that they're built in. And then it got me thinking and it got me remembering my my penultimate side trip to Ghana. Now during that trip I was I traveled a bit into the countryside and I kept looking at at the architecture that had evolved from the rural areas of Ghana the innocence of that architecture not only that I was looking at how that architecture is being supplied every day by a network of infrastructure which include things like clip-on columns etc etc all around so there's an ecosystem around this architecture that makes it thrive and survive. And that ecosystem is based simply on one piece of logic. And the logic is, there are no styles of architecture. All the styles of architecture are like a buffet from which the makers of these buildings mix and match. So you can, in a way, it can be if if that logic is extended, it's easy to say that all the purity of the styles of architecture that we tend to want to hold on to, that purity is lost, or it's all all the the conflict between the styles of architecture that we try to hold on to. That conflict is resolved in rural Africa, in an innocent in an innocent manner, because you'd have a Corinthian column. On what seems like a modern building with a postmodern roof, etc., etc. So that that new object is a new type of architecture that is styleless, in the sense if 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 we were going to hold on to the purity of architectural style, and that 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 becomes a very tricky outcome because. Architecture is, especially the, the history of Western architecture, is one of purity and duality. Um, when the Gothic came, the Gothic came as a response to the structural incapabilities of the Romanesque before it, etc. etc. And so, 
that kind of thinking creates a form of exclusion which was exacerbated by modernism from 1920s so that exclusion makes it impossible for one style to mix with the other aside during aside i think it was either Borromini or bramante who whose rococo style was a not a mix and match but it, it, it was it took existing styles and spawn them in a certain way that also showed itself during postmodernism too but again like i said in my in my travels the first time i saw this innocent mix and match of everything that architecture has cooked into one kind of dish and what effects that will have was on my side was on that side trip to ghana so I couldn't help myself but to by the time I came back into uh, Accra proper I couldn't help myself but to try to look at the existing infrastructure that was built by modernism in Accra the museums the presidential palace that strict modernist ethos and look at how those buildings most of those buildings are fair in the libraries the churches and I found a peculiar thing, which is not just peculiar to Accra, but peculiar to, for, for let me say, West African cities that I've been to. All the modern buildings are pavilions that are beautiful pavilions, but their their continued continued function is enhanced by extensions to those buildings hidden away behind the buildings where you don't see them that cater for a maximalist culture and again having a maximalist culture is a thing that we we have to learn to be proud of um in africa for instance we we want more space we we build the entire um, sites up we green space is is low on the list of things those are not the greatest things but that's how uh culture our current culture is interpreted in form so we need to accept those things so my 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 assertion my 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 observation therefore was if we are struggling so hard to maintain the facade of the modern by making these funny extensions at the back hidden away such that we can have a modern looking building but really what makes that building function is <clears throat> an is a, is a contemporary version of that or a version of a building behind it that is like a servant building which is not as good as as the modern design but is more functional than the modern design that that begs the question is this modernism for us and so again, it, 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 the, the way the way the way these these things um, relate with one another makes it impossible for me not to look at my dear Lagos, where um, I do a lot of of work. And in Lagos, we find a very peculiar situation that you never have 
the opportunity to make a building that is as lean as possible. So um, Sana, the architects, uh, the critical engineer architects, designed a house. One of the Nishizawa from Sana designed a house in in Tokyo, which I really like. The the name of the house eludes me now, but it's just a series of open slabs in the center of the city. The rooms are delineated and in a, in a, in a in a non um, in a non-formal manner. Sometimes wardrobes are used to um, open shelves are used to demarcate the rooms, and the rooms are in public spaces and things like that. It's a very small house, and so to make that kind of house, he had to abandon the ideas that we have of clear spatial demarcations. Now you see these ideas are ideas that. In a place like Lagos, for instance, it's difficult to build without adhering to those ideas because culturally, we don't, as a people, we don't trade things like privacy. We don't allow ourselves to be seen. We have very private moments, and that's just one of several things. So, you'd you'd be hard-pressed to see a pure glass house that actually makes sense on the streets, just like how Nishizawa's house is. So again, what I'm trying to say is, if you look deeply at what has been created by our people, an architectural ethos has been developing. Although it's not the greatest outcome, because it's not... It hasn't been done consciously or with intention, but there's there's some there's a I think the word now is there's 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 a conscious there's a there's a collective understanding of space planning form that shows itself up in several African countries that I've been to. Even if we, the architects, look down on that interpretation and the output, the, out, the output, the present output of that interpretation is a little bit unintentional and not very great, but the thought behind it can be, re- can be reworked into something really great. And this is the reason why for instance, um, I would argue that there can't be that pure modernism in Africa. In fact, modernism in Africa is a farce. It can't exist in the purest sense of the world, word, given the fact that even when you have your typical 36 meters by 18 meter site, of which the buildable area is 12 by 27 meters, and most um, Projects we build that 12 by 27 meters up on two or three floors, and then can you can break that building into smaller buildings so that you can your your what 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 that that then happens is that you can have your family and one or two other families in that on that plot of land to create an economic base for you to pay back the monies that you used to build your house, for instance, to also help you to provide a form of security in your house etc etc 
you find that even the people who own the houses that live in these houses don't have enough space and sometimes we need to have these uh, servants quarters which are not for servants really so we to plan in nigeria let me let me let me put it in a story i once um gave gave a uh, on radio i asked for anybody who wanted to do a free affordable house design and then i had a client uh, who i won't disclose them who came and wanted we already had these set we we have these set affordable house models there are three bedrooms on a certain number of floors blah blah, blah and they act in a certain way so that was what we were trying to offer to people to build but our client comes and says yes i know that your building can sit on a very small plot of land blah 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 but you know i want my bedroom like this but i want um, this extra number of bedrooms because of this and that that reason and we went from that to a maximalist house really quick so to be able to conserve that idea of a minimalist house and also to give people green and extra sunlight in their homes and that that um, experience with greenery in the traditional sense of the word in africa you have to be brave sometimes extremely intelligent and mostly very lucky architect but perhaps we can find ways of making this dream of unifying our buildings with green making contemporary buildings that don't need to have plug-in additions for extra kitchens here and things like that perhaps we can take all that and also make a building what if there was a building typology like that that we could copy oh yeah there is it's called Hausa traditional architecture anyways um back to what we're saying so that happened we we had this that client and that lesson I learned really quickly and I started to see that lesson in other cities in Nigeria and in West Africa. So again, I see that there's an architecture that has developed as, as, a, as a way of thinking about space and our cities that we need to intentionally look at and put a real architecture around it. You see, in Africa, we have, we have expressive architects. One of my friends' architecture is very expressive one of these days is going to be on this podcast um, we have conservative architects we have architects that are straight to the point and just want to make buildings we also have very business inclined architects but you see modern architects in the sense of modernism is an extreme oxymoron in Africa there can't be a modern architect from Africa because the ethos that leads to modernism which is exclusion and that exclusionary behavior is not something that Africans generally, especially the black Africans, it's not something that we take seriously. Because what we do, we are not a people that respect a duality. For instance, like how Western religion says there's good and bad, there's, there's good and evil, there's God and the devil, there's black and white, where people that accept multiplicity, where, where culture that accepts 
a lot of things in one. So our religion doesn't say good and bad. It says shades. So where you think where there's a clear-cut distinction of good and bad in our religions, there are shades of things. But that's the, the discussion for another day. Where people of multiplicities. Our design culture is already showing us that. I think we need to understand, accept, and study it and make a more contemporary response to that. I mean, Dimas, Dimas Moko, that's one of the reasons why I like his work because he takes that, dual, that, that understanding that we're not a people who take duality seriously. He takes it to a very good conclusion. So if you want to understand a lot more about creating multiplicity in work, you can start from Dimas. So like I said, there can be expressive African architecture, conservative African architecture, and architects. There, there are also those African architects who are driven solely by capital, etc., etc. But there are no modernists in Africa. Modernism was brought to Africa as a tool of war. You don't become. You don't become what your. You don't become what your conqueror has brought to conquer you. There's a name for that, but we won't go into that now. Moreover, in Africa, human beings are not described as tools for creation of capital. They are described more as human beings. We have to embrace ourselves, accept ourselves, and find a way to enhance what is good about us and be intentional in making this enhancement into an architecture for our future. Thank you for listening and um, thank you for for keeping the faith with us. This has been a good um, 18 minutes with you. Um, This is an African Conquering the World podcast at AACW Podcast on on Instagram. Please follow us, like our posts and share our podcast with your friends uh, so that we can grow our network. Thank you very much for your time and have a blessed weekend.